Finances can be complicated, but they don't have to be. I break down financial topics that may seem complex and overwhelming so you can start taking action on your financial goals. I'm Ari Talbot, and it all starts here on Personal Finance Redefined. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Hope you've been enjoying it so far. If so, please go ahead and rate and review, and I love listener questions, so go ahead and submit those on my website, personalfinanceredefined.co, and we'll go ahead and get into it. So today's episode is about what is an index fund? Are index funds the absolute best way to grow your returns? Well, no. So why do so many people invest in them? Well, because in order to reach your goals, you don't need to necessarily get that best return. Of course, everyone wants the best return if possible, but that mindset shifts quickly once they realize the trade-off that comes with it. If your portfolio goes up, let's just say 50%, it's likely subject to going down 50%, and that can be uncomfortable when it comes to thinking about investing and how many hours you worked so hard that you don't want to see it go away with a risky investment, especially if you don't have to. For example, why would you go buy food that's of low quality, unless it tastes good, and that's a completely different story, which I do as well. Why would you go buy food of low quality if you had plenty of money for quality and healthy food? Well, investing in an index fund is like going to the grocery store and buying a little bit of everything. Yes, you got your chips, but you also got your fruits and vegetables. So you own every single company within that index. So yeah, there might be some losers in there, but there are also going to be some winners. And those winners offset the losers so that over time your portfolio still grows. You're not dependent on any particular company doing very well that's going to make you rich and there's not any company that's going to make you poor or wipe out any of your earnings. So what is an index fund? Well, in my opinion, it's the, it's the best fund out there because it has low fees, it can mimic the composition of any financial market index you want. And So when looking at an index fund, it's important to know the difference between an index fund and an actively managed fund. So an actively managed fund has a stock picker who's making decisions on whether they should hold a certain stock in your portfolio. They're making buy and sell decisions behind the scenes. So not only do you have the transaction costs that come along with buying and selling stocks, but you have the advisor fees. And then on top of that, you have the cost with the funds itself. Whatever the the mutual fund costs, well, that has an inherent expense ratio as well. So you've got all these fees, they add up, and they t- take a significant amount of your gains away over time. So if your advisor is outpicking the market, well, great. But studies show that even when a stock picker does outperform the market, it doesn't last. Here's some numbers to better understand all this. Over 20 years of all the U.S. actively managed fund managers, from 2000 to 2019, 41% of them are in existence, which means 59% of them are out of business. Now, of those that are still in existence, the 41%, only 22% beat the market, and that's in any given individual year. So look at that over the long run. Even the most highly intelligent people rarely outsmart the market, and even fewer do so consistently. And at the end of the day, successful investing, it's about capturing the market, and beating the market is not required to reach your financial goals, as many people think. Yes, getting a good return is important, but taking additional risk to get a return that you might not need because your financial goals are actually satisfied by a return that you can easily get through just being able to capture the entire market, 
Well, that might make a whole lot more sense. So back to what an index fund is, an index fund is what it sounds like. It's tracking an index of a fund. So that can be the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest companies in the U.S., or it could be the Russell 2000. That's an index that tracks the 2,000 smallest companies in the U.S., which over time, historically, has shown to have higher growth than the S&P 500. The Wilshire 5000 index tracks the 5000 largest in the U.S., my point being there's so many to choose from. The beautiful thing about index funds is their long-term growth potential and the low fees that come with that. The fees are through an expense ratio. So I would like all of you, if there's not, if you're paused on your Netflix show or you're in between job, whatever it is that you're doing right now, if you're bored, go ahead and check out what your current expense ratio is, and you may be surprised what you're paying for. So imagine your portfolio is up 10% on the year, but your expense ratio is what it's called 85 basis points, which is a fancy way of saying 0.85%. So it's just 0.15% away from a whole percent. So your portfolio is up 10%, but your expense ratio is 0.85%. Well, that's almost at that 1%, which means it's almost eating up 1% of your gains. So you're not really taking home 10%, you're taking home 9%. So this can be great if the values provided is worth those 85 basis points, that 0.85%. But I find it's often not worth it. Now imagine a bad year comes by. Performance is down, you're down 10%. It's been terrible so far, and the market is turned, and right now you're down 10%. Well, the fund performs poorly. It's What's happening is you still have that 0.85% fee. That doesn't magically go away because as long as you're in an actively managed fund or another fund that has a 0.85% fee, well, you have to pay that regardless of how the performance of the market does. So now, not only are you down 10%, but you're also on the hook for this 0.85% fee. So with index funds, the generally the, the highest I'll see, and especially that I want my clients in, is 0.25% or around that. And if I see anything above that, well, there better be a whole lot of value being given to me for that. I'm not going to just pay that without getting what I deserve. So this isn't to say actively managed funds are necessarily bad. It's just to be aware of the fees, and sometimes they can seem hidden. And understand what you're paying for and the value that should be provided for the fee that, that's being charged. So when it comes to picking which index fund or which index funds and how to diversify, there's five things to really reach out and look for. One is going to be the company size and what's known as the capitalization. So index funds, they can track anything, like I said. It can be small medium-sized, large companies, well, the company size often dictates a whole lot of what the potential value could be on the back end. So small companies over time have historically given back more return than large companies. So if you want to invest as aggressively as you can, you don't care about the ups and downs of the market, you're comfortable with that volatility, well, great. That, that's awesome because in a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA or a 401k, some things I'll go into deeper dive on other podcasts, well, you don't care about the monthly, annual, even five-year fluctuations because you know in the long run it's going to be growing. So a small cap index might make more sense than a large cap. Of course, we want to capture everything, but at what point do you weight more heavily towards one or the other? Well, the second thing you want to look at when checking out an index fund, the geography. 
so often clients come to me and say, I'm in the S&P 500. And I say, great, so are my clients. But are you only in the S&P 500? Because if not, we're, we're missing out on international exposure, emerging markets, Brazil, India, China. These companies offer have a ton of growth and we want to take advantage of that. The third one, business sector, sector or industry. So funds that focus on consumer goods, technology, health-related businesses, for example, that's a third one that's worth looking into. The fourth one is going to be the asset type. Are we tracking domestic or foreign bonds? Commodities, cash, what do we want? Let's say we're investing for retirement. Well, it might not make a whole lot of sense to own cash in that because it's not going to grow for you. Now, let's take the opposite. Well, bonds could be great, but those are, are for preserving wealth, capital preservation. It's not to grow your wealth. So using bonds can be great, and understanding the asset you want is very important when it comes to your portfolio, but at the end of the day, it's going to differ from your neighbor because you're in two completely different situations. And the fifth one is just market opportunities. Once again, I, I talked about emerging markets. Those are some opportunities around the globe where you can go ahead and look out for other opportunities. Other things to look out for and be a note is the investment minimum. Oftentimes, index funds have a $3,000 or $1,000. Before you invest, check out what that is. Also, the tax cost ratio. So what are the taxes involved with holding a certain fund? And then lastly, the account minimum. So the investment minimum and the account minimum is different. With an investment minimum, that's the investment minimum. Legitimately, the minimum you can invest to be in that fund versus an account minimum, which is the minimum you can hold at any account. So I hope that was all helpful. Uh, I know it can sometimes be confusing when it comes to what funds should I invest in and what's best for my individual needs. But I like to use the general framework of using an index fund because after fees and after market turns and opportunities in the market, we, we often find that just investing and capturing the market can achieve your financial goals. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know if there's anything in particular you would like me to discuss by submitting a question at personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time.